0: This is the Food Factor Podcast, the show that talks about the connection between your health and what you eat or don't eat. I'm your host, Stephanie Mahachek, clinical nutritionist, health coach, science nerd, perma student, and mother of four. I love dogs, babies, and most of all, talking about all things health, wellness, and the weirdness of the human body. Thank you for being here. hello and welcome to the food factor podcast i am your host stephanie mahachek and i want to say thank you for pressing play today on this podcast whether you found it because of the title and you're curious about your blood pressure or somebody passed it on to you to listen to either way i'm glad that you chose to take the next however many minutes and focus on something that may be important to you which is blood pressure health So if this is your first time listening to one of my podcasts, I want to introduce myself really quick. I am, again, Stephanie Mahachek, and I am a board-certified clinical nutritionist and a certified nutrition specialist, and I am a mother of four, and you will probably hear my kids squawking in the background because they're all home right now. Either way, I really have a passion for helping people realize how some of their food choices can affect their health. And specifically today, I wanted to center the conversation around blood pressure, because if you don't currently have high blood pressure yourself, chances are somebody you are very close to does have it. And the question then becomes, do they know if they have it or not, which we will get into. But I wanted to center the conversation around A very uh, interesting fact that not a lot of people know about blood pressure and about specifically how one component of your diet contributes greatly to high blood pressure. So let's back up a little bit and talk about um, blood pressure facts. So a couple of facts that I just pulled from the CDC website. As of September 2021, so this year, a couple of months ago, 50% of men have high blood pressure in America. 50%. So think of two men, maybe you're one, maybe, you know, another, one of you has that Um, 44% of women have it. So we're not too far behind, which is not a good thing. So uh, it's a prevalent, prevalent, prevalent issue in America, Um, especially, I mean, it's, it's a worldwide thing, but I'm specifically targeting the U.S. Um, A large percentage of around 56% of African-American population also has high blood pressure. So again, over half of the population. Uh, of that demographic has high blood pressure. It's a huge, huge problem. And if you were to kind of take a look at a map of the US, which actually is on the CDC website, which I will link in the show notes, if you're curious, there is a map of the states of the United States of America, and it shows the prevalence of high blood pressure. And it seems to be concentrated all in the South and Southeast have the highest amounts of noted blood pressure issues. So it's just something to think about. It's not uh, here nor there. It's just really, um, it shows how prevalent it is in the US. And especially if you live in those parts of the country, or if you happen to be one of the demographics that I, I mentioned, it's a big problem. And it's something we can't just ignore anymore. So let's talk quick about what is High blood pressure, also known as hypertension, um, it comes in categories. So, if you've ever had your blood pressure reading done, they might, uh, if yours was high, they might give you a stage. So, you you might just have normal blood pressure, you might have elevated blood pressure, or you might be put into a category like stage one hypertension or stage two hypertension. So, a normal blood pressure reading is anything under 120 over 80. So, you'll get those numbers spit out at you, and it'll say, "Oh, you're 115 over 70," or "You're 130 over 90." whatever. What those blood pressure numbers mean, what you're looking for is to be under 120 over 80. So if you happen to be above that, if you are in the category of anywhere between 1 in the 130s over the 80s, um, that's stage one hypertension. If you're in the 140s or above over 90 or above, that's stage two hypertension. So that just goes to show how um, how closer you are to having it be a really, really big problem or very prevalent. So as you know, high blood pressure puts you at risk for things like heart disease and stroke and other various chronic conditions. And um, in, the, in the U.S., kind of to put a, a figure on it, there are 116 million people who have hypertension, um, and that's not even counting those that are going undiagnosed. So 116 million people have been diagnosed with high blood pressure. But it's hard to even imagine how many people are walking around undiagnosed. And we'll talk about that in a second. But out of those 116 million people who have truly been diagnosed by a doctor with high blood pressure, only about one in four have it under control. So despite the fact that they know that they have high blood pressure, Only a quarter of them have it what's considered under control, where the readings aren't spiking and going all over the place. And it's at a normal reading, whether it's through medication or or lifestyle changes or what have you. So only a quarter of those people have that under control. So three-fourths of those 116 million people have uncontrolled high blood pressure, which again... Leads to things like stroke, leads to things like heart disease, can contribute to a lot, a lot, a lot of of kind of very scary conditions that we are starting to see happen in people of younger and younger ages. So I mentioned the undiagnosed aspect of hypertension and how a lot of people are walking around with high blood pressure and they don't even know it. Um, there's something that they, somebody has labeled a while ago. I wish I could uh, give credit to where credit is due, but I don't know, but it is known as the silent killer and it's called the silent killer. Blood pressure is, is because it oftentimes does not have symptoms. So you might feel fine, but really you have your blood pressure checked and it's sky high. It's through the roof. So I think a lot of times the, 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 Idea is that you're going to be having like a pounding headache, or you're going to be like really red in the face, or you know, you kind of get the image in your mind of somebody that's like a cartoon character that's like about to blow their lid because they're so frustrated, or mad, or angry, or whatever. But that's not always the case, it can easily just creep up as we all get older. It can creep up, you mix in a couple of lifestyle things that we'll talk about in a second as well, and it can just kind of Turn into a problem without you even knowing it. Your body is really good at adjusting and adapting to things. So if you slowly see the increase, it may not manifest into a giant symptom that you would be like, something's wrong. I got to go in. A lot of times now, I've heard people being uh, tested for their their blood pressure test at the dentist office. And the reason for that is more people are consistent with the dentist than they are with the doctor. And you're getting, going in hopefully once, ultimately twice a year. So they're starting to do blood pressure readings at the dentist now, which of course is kind of unfair if you are uh, afraid of the dentist or you get a little bit of anxiety around the dentist. But that just goes to show. And I want to mention too, there's you won't be diagnosed with high blood pressure after just one reading they need to have a consistent reading. It needs to be consistently high for you to be diagnosed with high blood pressure. So if that's a concern of yours, or if you have one high reading, um, you're going to want to go back in and get it checked multiple times just to make sure, rule out any uh, you know, random occurrence that caused your blood pressure to spike. Um, but if it's consistently high, then that's definitely something that you want to address. So I wanted to note that the silent killer is definitely a thing. And, and a lot of times that can happen when you hear about the people who randomly just have a heart attack or randomly have a stroke and and who's to say there may not have been a problem years in advance and they just didn't know that they had high blood pressure. So um, you can't always rely on going solely by symptoms to understand if you have high blood pressure or not. Um, so let's talk a little bit about the economical impact of blood pressure. Um According again to the CDC, high blood pressure costs the US about 131 billion with a B dollars each year. So, can you imagine what would happen if more people were able to avoid blood pressure issues or get it under control if they do have it. So, and and you know, we're not going to dive into a whole lot of the The genetic component to, um, to high blood pressure, of course, I'm not going to ignore the fact that there is, there can be a genetic component that, um, just in somebody's DNA, they are more susceptible to have high blood pressure because what I want to focus on are the lifestyle factors and the modifiable things that you can do, um, But I don't want to ignore the fact that, yes, some people just have genetically high blood pressure, Um, but then we can center the conversation around, let's get it as low for you as possible, that even if it's still high, your low is really high. Um, We want to make sure that you're doing all the things to support your body uh, that you can. So um, kind of think of high blood pressure. Like if you think of your blood vessels, think of them like, um, you know, like a little straw and Inside the straw are cells, so you can think of those like um, uh, like little brick, brick cobblestones or something like that, You're like little cobblestones inside of a straw. Um, so what happens when you have high blood pressure, especially chronically high blood pressure, the literal pressure of the blood going through that straw damages the cell the, the cells on the inside of that straw. So you kind of think of it like, um, you go outside and you skin your knee and it's really red and irritated and it's maybe bleeding a little bit or whatever. That's kind of the same as what happens with blood pressure issues. When they're chronically high, that causes damage, the literal pressure. You don't understand how much pressure, um, our vessels are under, but, um, but it, when you it's it's basically like skinning the knee skinning your knee, skinning your blood vessels over and over and over again. Think about how many times the blood flows through your body. It's, it's constantly under pressure like that. It can cause a lot of damage to the inner lining of your blood vessels, which of course then roughens them up a little bit. And then you, then the conversation stems to all the sticky plaques and things like that, that can be circulating in your blood that can then lead to stroke and lead to heart attacks and all of that. So I wanted to kind of give you a very vague kind of uh, image in your mind about why blood pressure is so important to get under control. It's because of those vessels And then, of course, when you think about the teeny, tiny little blood vessels and things like your eyes or your heart or what have you, um, there's there's different sized blood vessels, of course, but it's equally as important. And those tiny, teeny ones can really get damaged quickly. So enough about the importance of high blood pressure and getting it under control. I'm sure you are, you know, well-versed in that, Um, but it sounds like a problem, right? Because it is. It's a big, big problem, especially in this country. But the good news is, this is a problem that has many modifiable risk factors, meaning it has many areas that you can control. So many areas that contribute to the problem of high blood pressure, but also things that are modifiable that you can take control over and you can control. So obviously things like smoking, we've all heard that smoking can lead to high blood pressure and lead to heart disease. So if you're a smoker, that is something to consider is that uh, we want to reduce that Um, And then getting exercise is also another one. You want to make the heart stronger. If the heart is stronger, it's more efficient and it doesn't have to work as hard and pump the blood as hard through vessels. So exercise, of course, is another thing that is a big contributor to uh, the management of blood pressure. Um, But the biggest one that I want to talk about today, obviously, I'm a little biased being a nutritionist, is your diet. Within your diet alone, there are a number of things that you can modify um, but let's talk about one of the biggest contributors of high blood pressure in your diet. Can you guess it? If you said sodium, you're wrong. <laughs> I know. it's the thing that everyone thinks of when they think of high blood pressure. Um, but sodium, it is important, of course. We, don't, we definitely want to make sure that we're getting um, foods that aren't high in, in sodiums and things like that. But something even more, important to pay attention to is sugar, sugar in your diet. Sugar is a huge cause of inflammation in our bodies in general, but especially in the US and especially when it comes to blood pressure. Um, One of the greatest sources of sugar in Americans diet is sugar sweetened beverages. So things like soda, sweet tea, lemonades, all of those sugary drinks that we have at restaurants, that we have at home, that have become part of our habits and our routines and our culture. Those are one of the biggest sources of added sugar in our diet and they are directly linked to blood pressure issues. There was a study, you know of course I found a study, actually I found multiple studies on uh, blood pressure and sugar But there was a study that I will also link in the show notes for you uh, study nerds just like me who want to read more about it. There was a study by Chen and Associates, and it looked at the long-term effects of sugar-sweetened beverages on blood pressure. So very, very targeted to what I was interested in looking at, right? After the course of about 18 months of this study, there was a significant correlation between sugar-sweetened beverages and blood pressure found. The study actually determined that on average, reducing just one 12 ounce sugary drink correlated to an average reduction of systolic pressure by about 1.8 millimeters of mercury. You don't have to know that, but that's 1.8 number on the top number and 1.1 on the bottom for diastolic. So an average of just getting rid of 12 ounces of sugary drinks reduced it by that much, almost two points on the top and almost one or over one on the bottom. So that may not sound significant to you. If you're like, well, my bro- blood pressure is 140 over tw- uh, 90, then what's one little number going to do? Maybe not bring you into a non-hypertensive state, but think about the effect that it would have on those people who drink three or 4 or 5 or 6 sugary beverages per day. I mean, that that really adds up. And that's not even including sugary foods yet. We're just simply talking about sugary drinks. So, as you can imagine, it is very 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 uh, beneficial to take a look at the sugar in your diet. And the drinking the drinking of the sugar can be a a really good place to start because usually people like to chew (laughs) their foods and chew their sugar. And if you're going to have something sugary, a lot of people say, I'd rather eat a cookie than drink a Coke. Um, Not everybody, but some. So really pay attention to what are the highest sources of sugar in your diet right now. You have to look at foods and you have to look at drinks because both of them are impacting your blood sugar or blood pressure. So uh, make sure that you're looking at both. Now, an interesting fact that I wanted to share as well with uh, this study in particular was the fact that it was shown diet drinks with diet um, sugar alternatives did not have an impact on blood pressure. Now, for those of you who are like, woohoo, my diet Cokes, all right. Now, that that does not give you the green light to all of a sudden switch to diet everything and, and think you're making a healthy choice. Because as we have talked about in other podcasts, and we will continue to talk about in future podcasts, c- chemicals are chemicals. Artificial sweeteners are chemicals. Chemicals are inflammatory, and they are impacting other areas of your body, like your gut health and your digestive tract, which we will also go over so I don't want you to think that that's a, a healthier alternative is to get diet sodas. Just because of this study, proving that sugar has an impact on blood pressure does not mean that diet drinks and, and sugar alternatives are a good substitute. Um, so I just wanted to throw that in there. Um, and, and hopefully if you wanted to read that study, you can kind of look more into that as well. So I like to leave you with action plans. Right, I want to make sure that you are using this information, applying it to yourself, or maybe thinking about who it would benefit to know. That you know, first of all, it may start with get your blood pressure checked. Has it been a while? Go and get your blood pressure checked. Um, it's surprising how how much our blood pressure can change. Um, and of course, I know I didn't really mention it, but I'll go over it quick. There are multiple factors that can lead to high blood pressure, like, like I think I stated before, but but looking at stress levels, looking at sleep, looking at exercise, looking at other food, looking at all these things. But we had a very, very stressful year last year. I mean, even if you weren't directly impacted by COVID, you were impacted in some way by the pandemic and the shutdowns and masking and all of that stuff. So everyone has gone through a very stressful year, a very stressful time. A lot of us are still lingering in that stressful period. And Stress and stress hormones specifically directly impact your blood pressure. So I want to just make sure that if you take one thing away from this podcast today, it doesn't always look like symptoms. It doesn't always look like in the movies where somebody has like veins bulging out of their head and they, uh, you know, you can, they look like they have high blood pressure. You don't, it doesn't have a look. It doesn't have, it's called the silent killer for a reason because it silently creeps in, does the damage, and it impacts people in a negative way. So please, 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 if it has been a while, schedule an appointment with your doctor. Just go in and get a checkup. Or even, um, I mean, all some of those blood pressure reading cuffs at like Target or CVS or wherever. um, Yeah, I get asked a lot are those accurate, and it's really hard to tell. It's depending on when they get calibrated. It's you know, is it the right size cuff for you, and all those things. So I would just suggest going in to an actual doctor, or um, you know, fire stations will do it. You can go and just like, can I have my blood pressure checked, and they will do it for you. So find a place where you can go and get your blood pressure checked. And then go have it checked again, because like I said, if it's low one day or if it's high one day, it's very uh, variable. So one day it might be high, the next day it might be low, but you're looking for consistent patterns. Um, Ideally, you could even have a blood pressure cuff at home and make sure you're getting the right size and all that. But um, you could have one at home that you can test at home and keep an eye on it more regularly. Uh, It is not what some people would consider like a, a quote unquote old person disease anymore. It is not. We are seeing high blood pressure in children. We are seeing high blood pressure in teenagers. We are seeing high blood pressure, of course, in pregnancy and postpartum and all different ages. It is an equal opportunity issue because look at our diets. Look at how much sugar is in the diet in the average kid in America, in the average adult in America. It is a prevalent, prevalent problem, and it's only getting worse unless we step in and kind of take control where uh, we can really make an impact which is our diet and what we choose to eat so again takeaway for today if you're going to take anything away is just get your blood pressure checked and the next steps from there would be take a look at the sugar in your diet take a look at the sodium in your diet take a look at the artificial ingredients in general in your diet start incorporating some of the cleaner healthier of of more nutrient-dense foods, the bright-colored fruits and veggies. You can take a look at the DASH diet, which is a diet specifically crafted to um, help people with, uh, with high blood pressure. Um, it's, it's basically getting a lot of lean proteins, a lot of uh, whole grains, and a lot of brightly colored fruits and veggies and some healthy fats. So ideally a great way of eating. You know, So please, please, please make the first step. Get your blood pressure checked. And then uh, take a look at your diet, like take a good, clean look at your diet and see where are the areas that you could have possibly have an immediate impact on. And, and I want to point out, too, that in that study, uh, it was noted that within a couple of weeks of the group that was on uh, more of like a DASH diet approach and some counseling around nutrition... Uh, versus the control group that diet with or that group within a few weeks saw reduction in blood pressure so it doesn't have to be this long-term thing i mean even immediate things that you can do today can have an impact on your blood pressure so i think that's one of the the coolest things about it because a lot of times we just feel so hopeless and helpless when we get diagnosed with something or if there's a health concern but blood pressure is one of those things that you have a lot of control over and the impact can really be immediate so just something to think about if you have more questions on this please reach out as always Um, and i will include in the show notes the uh, study that i was mentioning and a link to the cdc website that if you wanted to see a picture of that map and some of the stats that i had gone over there's a lot more stats on there i just didn't want to bore you all the stats but uh, it's really fascinating and some of the numbers when you look at the numbers in a whole in our country it is really fascinating and horrifying at the same time Um, So again, if you, I know for those that have been listening uh, the last couple of episodes to the podcast, I've been mentioning that I am starting in January, I am starting the Cleanish Eating Program, which is a food and nutrition mindset program where we talk about healthier, cleaner eating habits, um, but we also talk about the actual change and the actual uh, behavior change around that and some of the mental blocks that we can have and some of the food patterns that we have developed over the course of time that we want to now change into habits that better serve us and align with our health goals. So it's a it's a combination, it's like a one-two punch of nutrition coaching along with the mindset and habits and food uh, habits around um, your choices and everything. So if you are interested in joining that I will put the link below. Uh, registration is open as of December 9th so Um, Join that program. It will start in January. January 2nd is when it starts so get in there now and uh, and we'd love to have you and talk more about nutrition and talk more about the benefits of cleaner eating and also some of the mindset and some of the struggle that a lot of us have around making food choices and uh, making developing new food patterns again reach out as always if you have any questions or if there's a topic that you want me to cover that's really specific to you and you really want me to dive deeper into a specific topic i'm happy to do that so just send me a message and i'd be uh, happy to do some deep dive research into a topic that you care about and as always if you uh, know somebody who is suffering from high blood pressure or who has issues with high blood pressure or you feel like they just really need to hear this Forward it to them or, you know, send them the uh, the link to the show and I'd be so grateful for you to share that. I really hope that this has been helpful and it can uh, hopefully get somebody taking that first step to change some uh, blood pressure ways about them and improve their blood pressure. So have a great rest of the day.